Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! My name is Stephanie Heitman. I am one of the, the teachers for English One Honors, and I've taught that this class since we, the three of us, created it about four years ago. And I am Stephanie Pepke, and I am the team leader for English One Honors, as well as the department head. Um, and I had a really good time collaborating with Steph Heitman. And I wish that we were still collaborating most of the time with Andrew Easton. <laughs> we had a, Same. Oh, we had such a good team dynamic. I've learned so much from you guys too. That it's, it's just been, I don't know, I reference our conversations and just how we, well we worked all, together uh, all the time. So, all right, this is the last day of school of 2017-2018, and I'm grateful that on this last day to have a chance to sit down um, once again with uh, Stephanie Heitman and Stephanie Pepke, former teammates of mine on the English 9 Honors team, which is now English 1 Honors. Hey, How's the year finishing up? I'm feeling okay? I am almost done with grading all of my finals. I should finish by lunchtime, hopefully. <laughs> yep, same. I've been uh, crying over, in a good way, reading uh, final exams the last two days, so I'm kind of a hot mess. <laughs> same. Kind of Emotional like... mess. No, we had them write a letter to their previous self, yeah. like, what do you wish you could tell yourself at the beginning of ninth grade? And so they sort of take you through the whole roller coaster of all of the, like, the highs and the lows and... Things you know, things you didn't know about, but are that are pretty typical for a ninth grader. Makes just makes me feel all the feels. Yeah, <laughs> love, yeah, it's love kind of them. Endearing. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. happy oh, memory. Same. That's good. That's good. So in this in this reflective season, let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> think about uh, yeah maybe how this all went for you guys. So the last time we had a chance to chat, we collectively kind of brainstormed what it might look like a little bit to implement this uh, grammar piece and the idea too that. Yeah, how do we like make sure that we're not doubling up over skills that the students have already demonstrated understanding in? And so start us off by giving a quick recap of what your thought process was getting things started. I mean, we start, you know, if we start looking at our standards, one of our, our standards or our indicators is that we, you know, we need to address grammar. And so... Real simple, right? Like, yeah. Address I mean, grammar. We, we need <laughs> like, to figure out how to, how to address grammar, but, you know, there's, there's, it never seems like we have time or a place that we like to be able to insert it and to do it well. So I think that one, we just had that need with the indicator. And then, so we both also teach English one, so regular ninth grade, if you prefer. And we had gone through this semester with that class experimenting as well with with grammar and trying to see you know, how to how to organize, how to structure lessons and what worked. So I think that we we learned a lot from that as well about what we uh, wanted to do and could do content wise as well as what maybe we didn't did not want to continue um, in our other course. Right. And with our honors kids, you know, you might assume that since they are in an honors English course that they would naturally have already mastered all of their grammar. But we, if anything, as the three of us have all taught honors multiple years, while that is maybe true for some students, that that assumption is definitely not true for all students. And so we know that while there might be some lessons or some components of grammar that our kids really know 
securely. There are also going to be places where they really don't have that foundation and they're maybe just guessing or they just happen to to know how to use it in their writing but don't really know the rules. And so so we went the personalized track and for second semester in in honors to give them a pretest. And then as we graded those pretests, that helped us determine which students were pretty secure versus ones who maybe needed some review or had no idea. And so based on how many questions students got right on each skill, that determined which lessons they would have to review. And we posted all of this in a Google Classroom so they had 24-7 access to it all semester and they could go at their own pace and they could do them like when they had time they could ask for feedback they had lots of resources available so and then we tested them summatively at the end awesome and so starting with that pre-test so we implement that in class and you go through and you grade it and then what does that data then get back in the students hands and then what what did they see maybe in the google classroom really just the functional front end of uh, launching all this so we gave the pretest back to students so that they could see what lessons they might have needed to complete. We talked about the setup, like how the Google Classroom was set up, how each lesson contained information about that specific grammar piece. There was like an instructional video, not created by us, but a video within there, and then a quiz that they had to get 100% on. And typically they were from like eight to 10 questions practicing that skill and then they had to send us a screenshot of proof that they did complete that quiz and got a perfect score on it so was that more for a formative grade or is that something that they could just take as often as they wanted as a as a check for understanding for them for their own knowledge or what did that sort of how that register Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both? All the above? You know, so that, I think that's one of the things that we're probably going to talk about. I mean, initially we didn't, you know, we weren't sure about the, the timing of things. Like, we did one gr- summative grammar test at the end, so our thinking was that, you know, we weren't sure when students were going to finish these lessons. And we were trying to also keep a really low grading profile for us when it came to this grammar in addition to what we're doing so we elected not to not to take a formative grade on each of these quizzes plus we weren't sure how to really manage that because there could be and there were there were kids who had to do like 10 grammar lessons versus kids who had to do two and so if you literally take the points for those I mean, it wouldn't balance, you know. It would make a grammar a huge portion of their grade when it's not a huge portion of the curriculum. So we we more so use those as their proof that they had practiced with the skill. But then I think when they they went to review for the summative test, we encouraged them, even though you've done that lesson, like go back through them, you know, go back through that quiz again just to practice, so... And then ultimately what we ended up deciding to do this year, I don't know that we would do it again next year, but we went through and the students who had actually completed all of their required lessons like before the test, we actually gave them two points of extra credit on the test. We didn't tell them that in advance. Um, They had no idea, but we decided, you know, in the true spirit of extra credit, you actually did the work, you know, the work you were supposed to do. And so we awarded two extra credit points to any student who, so we didn't punish people who didn't do them, but we did award something to the people who followed our instructions. Mm -hmm. We could easily see, I could easily see on that summative people 
I mean, the discrepancy between who went did the lessons and who didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the difference between an F. Most always, it was an F for my people who didn't do any of the lessons mm-hmm. versus like a C or a B or better. Mm-hmm. Well, and to kind of like throw a personalized lens across all this too, because we tend to talk just on the podcast about kind of how this hits those five elements and everything. I think not to like force all of these, but you certainly have to know your learner and you have to know, I think your course as well, like you guys have sort of articulated, right? Uh, that this is something that we needed to extend as in our practices. And so that was kind of your vision. And then to come up with the questions that you came up with, obviously we're geared towards trying to foster level specific um, skills. You use data to drive your uh, decision both on the front end and then also equip students with that data so that they could seek out those opportunities or not. And I think that that's okay. I think by the time you get into high school on some level, it, it, there is a, and heck even earlier than that, you need to be able to have some academic responsibility to, to say, hey, I clearly know and have the information that I do not have, I've yet to grasp this mm-hmm. concept. And so here are your resources and I'm here to help you as a teacher. But you know, you can't do the work for students all the time. So that's awesome that you guys kept the classroom experience from being one where we're just gonna cover things and, and essentially not necessarily waste people's time because it's always good to like get a review, but allow them to use their classroom to focus on things that are gonna be more challenging, maybe is the way I wanna like like phrase that. Uh, and so you gave them choice and then it gets to a place where yeah, you get this information afterwards that hey yeah, how, how so you've already started to, so you graded this, I can hear, yeah. <laughs> and yes. give me kind of your reflections on what you saw in the way of growth or mm-hmm. how this, this process worked out. Did it, did it kind of accomplish the things you were hoping to do at the front end? I think it did. I think that we would maybe change the format of the test a little bit. One of the things that we decided to add kind of last minute when we were writing the test was we added some bonus questions where they had to actually flip to the back of their Scantron and and write some things, like write a compound sentence and explain what makes it compound. You write a sentence that uses an adverb and a preposition correctly and label them. And I feel like that kind of cranked up the the proof, the demonstration of learning. And I personally, I would like to add more questions like that for next time to see like what they truly know that they're not just guessing. I feel like the results were about what I anticipated. Um, what would you say though with regards to just like improvement score-wise, I guess? Because I know you, you, you in your own mind anticipated things, right. but kind of from the pre-test to the end test, was there growth or yeah. did it hold about average huge, or huge growth okay huge yeah. growth we had a lot of people who i was just reading one of the letters and this girl wrote to herself like one of the things you're going to experience is getting your first f on an english test it's the grammar <laughs> test <laughs> right so yeah. and that was just a pre-test but that was i i think i saw a lot of growth from from people who typically especially feel pretty strong and that they know a lot of things and they do and this was something that they were pretty weak in overall I'm just helping them understand that there's always more to learn Mm -hmm. and talking about and one of the ways I tried to frame it too was like talking about how knowing these things is going to make you a better writer and like I had great conversations with students about who struggle with sentence fluency in their writing and talking about how you what you should do now that you have this really good knowledge of the different types of sentences now you can look at your own writing and decide like am i only writing simple sentences or am i writing all compound complex like am i or am i adding variety and for a couple of kids then they they sort of had this light bulb moment where they were like oh that would be really helpful Mm -hmm. like to if i know the language if i know what i'm talking about 
then I can make my own writing stronger. And so I think that for the ones who chose to see like the bigger picture, I think it's great. Gosh, what a powerful shift for the learner too to be able to get to a place where they do start to view the art, like writing as a craft and an art versus just a thing that I'm either good at or not, right. <laughs> something that I finish the night before to <laughs> or or not. Uh, and so uh, that's awesome that you framed that in that lens so that they could start to consider that these are just uh, how that all fits together, I guess. Because English is asked to cover so many things. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that fall underneath that. Uh, umbrella that it, it can be tough sometimes to make sure that they all they do, we know <laughs> that they all play back together and, and strengthen one another but to, to make those ties and, and to hear that from the students I bet was really cool so I guess kind of final reflections then because I've heard a little bit in this conversation some things that you're considering doing differently and just for people listening I gotta say I haven't been on this team first of all I love being on this team because we all kind of function the same way like it could be incredibly amazing and the best thing that's ever like been implemented in the class and the three of us would probably sit around and go yeah well but there's still this thing and we'd hem and haw and like like find a way to try to even make it better because we're all so driven when it comes to just making for the best experience possible and so I know what you guys have done has been incredible so I'm not trying to like I'm not trying but if we're gonna tinker with this a little bit moving forward yeah it was good it was good not great I agree um, one of the things I've been thinking about, and we sort of briefly started talking about it on our other English team, but I've been thinking about it even while Steph's been talking, is that ideally, I think next year, we'd like to spread that grammar instruction out, maybe even like quarterly. And so, and to kind of chunk it, and I was doing some research briefly last night while I was reading about what that might look like and how you, what you start with so that you can then build to the end so that it then does become a little bit more about like, well, then let's look at this in the context of your own writing. Now you know the parts of speech, you understand the clauses, you understand punctuation, fragments, run-ons. Let's talk about what that means then for your own writing. Because I would like them to get to the place, like Steph mentioned, where we were having conversations with kids or even they were writing on the bonus, like that actual application part to show like true depth of understanding Like, I need them to be able to not only know what an adverb is, but to know how to correctly use it and what value that adds in their Mm -hmm. writing. And I don't think we quite got there yet. And I I don't think we're going to get there with 100% of students, but I would like to get there with more students by the end of the semester to, like, really that... Okay, I get the grammar. I get what it is. I can memorize it. But now I I also understand how it fits in the scheme of things. And I think we can possibly achieve that with chunking a little bit more. It's interesting too, because I uh, have had a chance to learn a bit more about kind of instructional routines, which is an elementary practice where they particularly, and I think they have it at all levels, but like in K-1 where I was exposed to it, they were talking about how do you read and starting sounds and sounding out words, and they kind of have this whole system, daily system that is very direct instruction and everybody follows along when we do choral responses. But then um, they've tied that with their journeys reading, and so they have like texts that they go through, and those, so those words come up in what they're actually reading, and then they, they try to bring that back in their writing for that day also, where you're asked to kind of implement some of those, and just that same vision of trying to make sure that we're not just memorizing stuff, <laughs> but we're actually thinking about how it functions uh, across all these different uh, back to what I said before, English umbrella, <laughs> everything that falls mm-hmm. underneath it. So, Steph? Another thing that I 
my in my vision for how to make this better next year too is kind of going along with that giving kids different opportunities to learn like we put all this information out there for them and kind of expected it to be on you to either go through it on your own or come ask for help if you don't understand it. And I didn't really have anybody come to me until like the day before the test, sure. freaking out, you know, because, and part of that's their fault for they put it off. But at the same time, like the night, Thursday night, I just, I'm thinking, like, I have all these kids emailing me and they're feeling like anxious. And so Thursday evening, when the test is Friday, I sent an email to all my students and said, I'll do a review session at 7.30 in the morning for anybody who wants to come, bring your questions. And I had three students show up, which I didn't know if anyone would show up. And <laughs> 7.30 they were, in the morning is yeah, early, I mean, early time of day for grammar. And, so like, you know, that they checked their email the night before and then came in. And, yeah. and you know, we had a great 30 minutes of review that, that day before homeroom. And I think, I feel like by the time they left, they felt way more confident going in. And I think all three of them did pretty well, like B range on the test mm-hmm. or better. And so I, what I was thinking after doing that was that maybe what we need to do next year is not not necessarily do whole class instruction on things, and we didn't do that this time around either, but maybe offer more either before or after school review sessions. Yeah. Like, And if we decide to chunk it quarterly, I think that will be easier too because we won't have to create as many materials, but just to offer a couple opportunities, like if you're struggling, come in, you know, before school, after school, and, you know, we'll do some extra practice. We'll talk through it. So that way those kids who do prefer the conversation with the teacher and the active practice can have that. And it wouldn't be that hard for us to do. Well, I think that gets to uh, at least being sensitive about learner preferences, which is something I know in our position we've started to try to like, and you actually, Stephanie Heitman and I uh, are on a team where we're talking about building out some technology pieces in order to support learners with some more information about their own learner preferences and so so I'd be interested to see what I don't know what maybe a piece like that would do too in the midst of all this if there was some sort of pre-survey that talked about how best would you like to go through your review and, and interact with these and and just know that for yourself and that you, that doesn't pigeonhole you in either right so if you say well I'd like, I prefer independent practice doesn't mean you can't come to a review session like that but I think uh getting them to think about those things ahead of time and pursuing the avenue that's specific to how they learn best and are going to be able to grow uh, is a great place. And so it's cool that you guys are sensitive to that and thinking about moving out that the whole thing in that direction. I do have to say one of the coolest things was that we wrote our own grammar tests, our summative tests. Good. I was going to get back to this because I I know. So we wrote our tests because we have learned from you. So thank you about the importance of like, if you, you know, from our instructional videos that we've made, if you if you make it applicable to them, it'll be a little bit more enjoyable. So, yeah, we wrote our own grammar tests, with, with the exception of a couple of questions where we couldn't think of examples. So we found some interesting ones elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so when you say make it applicable, or, like, give, or it, give us some examples. Or yes, entertaining. Right? We explain. made it entertaining. <laughs> So for, we had what, about like 20-ish questions for the parts of speech. Um, and for those, we took quotes from the office that were appropriate. And then we like underlined a word in the sentence and asked what part of speech it was. And so it was funny, like when kids were taking the test, some of them who were like fans of the office or just thought it was funny, were like laughing while they were like taking the test. And then people would like pause and they'd be like, this is the greatest test ever. This is probably the best test I've ever taken in my life. And then on some of and then we actually took like kind of kind of inside jokes from the class, like 
you know, there there was a certain student who was sort of obsessed with leg day and working out, and so we like found a way to work that question in. You know, we wrote we wrote sentences that were about them, and so it was pretty funny to see. Like you'd see a kid laughing, and you'd be like, "What question are you on?" And then they'd be like, "This one. This is really funny." And it at least kind of took the pressure off or the edge off a little bit, and it was kind of fun to write, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to rewrite it next <laughs> right, year because... Because right. you might have a guy right. with leg day. Right. Like but, we'll, but we'll be priority. able to kind of think about funny things that happen and, and remember them. Hopefully and, we won't ever talk about bone milk again. <laughs> don't talk. Don't even... Don't, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> well, I was, bone milk is not real. We, if it becomes real... <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> I remember having that conversation at IMC when, when that came up. But, uh, well, that's, and I think, too, there's just something to be said for smiling while you're taking a test. Right. It's just, it's yeah. going to bring some good vibes. You know, you, you always hear all these little tricks like have a peppermint in your mouth or like, I even heard that if you look at orange before, like the color orange before you take a test that it's supposed to, people have scored better. Uh, so you can't tell me that if you have a smile on your face uh, that that wouldn't be, you know, a big just a beneficial thing, right? And you're going to be engaged, not falling asleep with this kind of question about, you know, Jane and Tom and <laughs> whoever right. it is. So, um, well, anything else that uh, I'm not asking that we should bring up to kind of close things out? No, I think it was a good experiment for the amount of time it took us to kind of come up with what the heck are we going to do. So I think it was a good experiment that like you said, I feel like it went good, but not great. And probably right now I'll take good as mm-hmm. opposed to mm-hmm. nothing. I think it was beneficial to kids, and I think that they appreciated it. Like I even, I was talking to a teacher who teaches AP Comp, which is a juniors, and they were sort of doing ACT test prep, and she and she was like, yeah, I heard the freshmen are doing grammar now. That would have been nice when we were freshmen. And so I do think <laughs> that like even if they don't see the importance of it now, like. I think, I think most of them do, but I think even if they don't, they'll be thankful that they got that exposure because they're going to need to know some of that stuff down mm-hmm. the road. So That's awesome. Well, I'm thankful for your efforts with all of this and the way in which you guys so passionately go about you know, serving students and just getting after it, to be quite honest. I love it uh, in the way that you approach your work. And, th- and I'm also thankful, too, for the time that you guys have set aside to chat uh, and share your story and try to help uh, other people kind of learn from some of the things that you guys have been uh, willing to take on the risk and exposing yourself to getting to good in the pursuit of great and uh, all the things that you guys are all about on the regular. So thanks uh, on this last day of school. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, we'll have to chat next year once we kind of do the revamp and get yeah. the or when we get 2.0. Or when we get our next personalized unit going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do we do a little preview? You smiled real big like you guys got an idea. We have some ideas. We have some ideas. Okay, okay. Should we weigh on those? Probably should yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to get you so excited. Spoiler alert. Know, like no spoilers. Good <laughs> little, uh, little trailer. You might get to help out this summer. Yeah, yeah. we might yeah, I'm need in. some help. We I'm have in. a good idea. Oh, I, I like... We're going to talk about this. Episode. Okay, I'm ending this podcast because <laughs> we're going to talk about it right now because I'm so excited. Tune in next time when we come back to the English <laughs> and learn more about the awesome personalized things going on in their class. Thank you, guys. Oh, thanks. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.